My name is Ed Trout. I'm husband of one wife. I have three children and ten grandchildren. I live in San Antonio. I was born in Africa, the most southern tip of the continent. I was born in a city called Cape Town. I'm a genuine, uh, my, my mother is a, a Jewess that exiled the Holocaust in Germany. She got in a refugee ship that brought her and her family to Cape Town. So I'm what's known as a born-again Jewish African-American. <laughs> Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. <laughs> so I've been here about 21 years in this nation. All, my, all 10 grandkids were born here in Texas, I believe. All were born in Texas, right? Yeah, I got them Texan grandkids. I have one of them here today, who's a miracle child. She's one of a twin. The sister should have been here, but they had functions on yesterday. They're a miracle. They weren't supposed to. It's the first twins to survive in our family. Uh, we have a twin. We have disease. For those who are doctors or nurses here, we have a disease in our family called twin-to-twin -twin, uh, um, transfusion syndrome, which is a rare disease in genetic disorder. But anyway, I was a twin. My twin died. My wife had twins. She lost them. And here they are, survived. And Erica's her name. She's 14 and unmarried. <laughs> cool. All right, and with us her dad, Eric, who works for me, him and his wife, and then uh, we have about four staff. Our ministry is called Prophetic Life Ministry, and uh, you can find us on the web and on app. We have app, Prophetic Life. We have also a prophetic school called Naoth.school, where we train people in the prophetics. What I do, I was called to do 40 years ago. I was a pastor for many years, and then God called me to the prophetic ministry. And that's what I do for those years. I've traveled the world and done that exact thing. We have encounters, which is a very small group of people that I intensely download to. We just had one this last week in San Antonio. We have them frequently. You can go on our website and check on it. If you have any way prophetic or feel you have ministry inside of you, I'm gifted by God and called of God and trained in helping equip you to get you as fast as possible, effective as possible for the ministry. I am pleased to be here because it's God's time and God's purpose. What happened to our text, I'm not sure. I, I vaguely remember that we communicated and that I think the timing was wrong. For I was booked to something. That's what I think happened. I don't remember all the details. I just have fond memories of this, of this church and the people in the atmosphere in this house. And I'm very grateful that you invited me. Thank you so much. I'd like to teach the Word of God if you'll let me. I love the Bible. I love the Word. And I want to teach if you, if you are agreeable to listen. Uh, from the book of Judges chapter 6 about a man that you all know as Gideon. And I believe it's very relevant today for this epicenter church, this upper room. This upper room, it's about three times the size of the real upper room. And 120 gathered there, and it was life-changing. It can be life-changing, and it's going to be life-changing here too. Thank you for that excitement. Thank you so much. You've been here for 42 years now, right? Forever. Yep. Judges chapter 6. Now, this is about the nation Israel. It says in verse 1, you know, the, the history of Israel and the relationship of certain personalities and characters and the nation is very educational in getting to know the character and the dealings of God. Uh, Jesus said that a man who is taught and seasoned in the law and then embraces the kingdom of God, is like a rich man who goes to his treasure house or his storehouse, and he brings treasure from the old and the new. So they both have great value. Until recently, I didn't know this, but the Lord educated me, because I always thought new wine is for new wineskins, which it is, but it doesn't devalue the old wineskin. They're as valuable. That's why we, don't, we protect them by not putting new wine in. The old wine is still precious and, of course, very valuable, and the wineskin has its use, so we don't discard. We have this mentality, if one is good, then the other is not as good. If God blesses one, then, then you're not blessing the other. And that's what happened with Cain. He said, he threw a fit, went up to his room and slammed the door. And God says, why are you so downcast? I'm going to bless you too. Just do well. But be careful, the sins of the door. He doesn't mean because I blessed Abel, I'm not going to bless you. That's not God. God's not fair. He's just. Fairness is what men do. Just is what God does. Cool, getting some response, hallelujah. Verse 1 says again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. 
because the power of the Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountains and clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Malachites, and other eastern people invaded the country. The Midianites came from the southern part. They still, we still have mountainous holes and, and all kinds of buildings into the, built into these mountain sides right near the Red Sea. And the, these other uh, people that invaded them too came from more the Golan Heights, or not the Golan Heights, the, you'll read it in the boat, I'll show you how they come from, from the south. And they came together and there were a horde of people invading and destroying the, the Malachites. The Malachites and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. They came from the Gaza Strip and did not share, spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. Ooh, it was impossible to count them and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian was so impoverished that the Israelites, that they cried out to the Lord for help. It's amazing, even today, as born-again, tongue-talking Christians, it is my observation that you can go through any kind of oppression, marriage, uh, health, all kinds of difficulty, but the moment you don't have money, you're able to pray very fast. We as Christians will call upon God when the finances have been, we're in great financial pressure, we call very fast. It's amazing how money changes things. Everything. I heard a man talking about our tithing and offering, and today was uh, the positiveness. And let me tell you, God's not broke. You came with nothing, you leave with nothing, it's all you for to use. So you, want, you, could, you can have as much as He can trust you with. If He can't get it through you, He's not going to get it to you. That's the truth. People get offended at offerings and tithing, and you can't bring your tithe. It was never yours in the first place, it's God's tithe. And the offering, take it from a Jew is holy and precious to God. We in America are tippers. We tip on every level we can, whether it's at the tables where we're being served, whether it's a hotel, wherever we go, we tip, 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 tip. And so we come to church, it's not abnormal or strange for us to leave some money behind because it's a tip. We're conditioned. But an offering is not a tip. It's something sacrificial and very holy to God. And it's not an offering until you've tithed. If you're not tithing, whatever you're giving is still what you owe God. Because it's His. Just giving God His money. And we often have great difficulty. The devil's in all he can to steal our tithing in this nation. This nation, America, is the biggest giver in the kingdom, has been for history. And the devil's in all he can to steal it from us by giving us a credit system that we didn't really ask for. There's not a person in this room that hasn't got a credit card that came in the mail. You didn't ask for. Repeatedly. Until you finally stripped the little sticker off started spending money you didn't have on things you didn't need or want and thought you could pay it next month, and that was 10 years ago. And you're still paying off at 18% interest rate or 24%, and you're servicing the credit cards companies with, it, with your tithe money. And they give nothing to you. But God tests our heart because he wants us to stay faithful. Tithing is not for God. God doesn't need the money, but it's because... He wants to test our heart to be loyal and faithful because our heart and our treasure are coupled together. So when it comes to giving offerings, there has to be a sacrifice involved because as sure as I live and sure as there's a God above my head, as a, and there's a sun and a day and an earth, there's always going to be a sowing and a reaping. And if you sow, you will reap. God is not mocked. So if you sow a seed from your heart, expect a harvest. Don't just give it because you feel like you're obligated. Sow it. Sow it with faith in your heart and make a sacrifice behind and watch God. I'm a living testimony God can. I'm a living testimony God is not poor or broke. You can ask my whole family. They've watched me for years live this life that God is not poor and he can. He will supply your needs. I don't go around begging, pleading, trying to get partners. I look to God. I go to poor countries like Czech Republic and Argentina. They can't pay me a lick. And I'll still go because God, and I have staff. I have four staff I've got to pay each month besides myself. And I can tell you honestly, God has never failed me yet. And I never know what's going to happen from month to month. Never know. And if God does it for me for 40 years, he can do it for you. Because I'm not a good person. I'm redeemed. Let me say so. I'm redeemed. Right, you see? You agree with that? Can you hear me? Okay, just checking 
He's ancient of days now. <laughs> I only feel like it. <laughs> You're so cute. That's what Lena says. She's so cute. Yeah, right. Okay, moving right along. So in verse 6, the Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. This is what happened when they cried. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave them the land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. So God will not share us. Will not have share churches compromised. The angel, change scene, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssinite, where his son Gideon, you've all heard that name, Gideon, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's the announcement. The Lord is with you, Lena Jones, you mighty warrior. A young kid. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with me, why has all this happened? If God is with us, why do we have COVID? Why do we struggle with so many things if God is with us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about what, when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Uh, go in the strength you have? What's, what, what strength would that be? Uh, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <laughs> but Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. When he says the least in my family, I'm the youngest. I'm the most insignificant. I'm the youngest. Thank God. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down the, all the Midianites together. I'm going to give you such a victory. It's like, whoa, I must have been smoking something, hating something. I shouldn't have been in the smoke. I, what's going on? If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really, that's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. The Lord said, I'll wait until you return. Gideon went in and prepared a young goat from an ephah of flour and made bread without yeast, putting the meat in the basket and his broth in the pot he brought out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on the rock and pour out all the broth on it. And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire fled from the rock, consuming the meat and bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. Dude, you asked for a sign. Whoa. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Often when Israelites have had any kind of encounter with God and they realize it was God of any representation, they're fearful because they were taught and programmed that no one can see God and live. But the Lord said to him, Peace, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. Take it down a notch. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. This, to this day, it stands in the Ophrah of the Bizarites. That same night, the angel said to him, Take the second bull from your father's house. And, and the one heard in the one seven years old, Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Ashrapole beside it. And then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord. Build a proper kind of altar. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. Your father's altar to Baal. I wondered what strength. Go in your strength, Gideon. He's a young kid. What strength did he have? When he said, when he said to the angel, if God's really with us and why is this happening, he still believed in God. He still questioned why we're going through stuff. Because I believe in God and God has helped us. Why is he not helping us now? He didn't just abandon God and trust another God. He was still trusting the original God. And that was his strength. He was not yet like his dad corrupted why would God place epicenter on an upstairs, out of the way, seemingly insignificant place? 
usually marketing needs the most best exposure you can have and visibility. Usually, you want to advertise and people must see you on a regular basis. That's how we've marketed our churches in America, advertising pays. But God has picked, for some reason, the epicenter to be a little different, that by word of mouth and by the sheer power of God, which is the uncorrupted, which is what Gideon was. Gideon's strength was he wasn't like his dad. He hadn't yet. He was too young to have become messed up. If he'd gotten older, chances are he would have started to worship Baal and brought offerings to the Ephra pole. Very much easily messed up. Unfortunately, it's my observation and my personal estimation that the church in America has become compromised. We've become seeker-friendly or program-orientated or keep, fill up the churches, get the money in, somehow that we don't keep the standard of the Lord the way he wants, led by the Spirit, we've got the program going to try and keep it healthy and happy. When you cannot bring the Ark of the Covenant back on the Philistines' cart, somebody's going to die. So what God has chosen here is to help use this church, and I don't know you well, Lena, but I know this that you are like Gideon, you are uncorrupted. If anything you fault in is you're too much of a mama, you will, you will show mercy where, and you can't falter on mercy because it's, uh, that's what God says. If you're going to fault, you might as well fault on the mercy side because you'll receive mercy. But you have shown too many people mercy that should have been in this church. You should have spanked their little hide before you showed them that much mercy because they needed it. They actually needed the correction. But you always want to be the mama and help fix people. But your heart is pure. So many times you could have given up. So many times you could have stopped. And it felt that way. And the two of you discussed all these things many times, how this was going and you should carry on doing, she wouldn't do something else, another kind of ministry. But you get up the next morning and you've got that saying, no, no, let's keep going. And the people that were your biggest supporters and help, they just left. They, they even did you harm, which is very much part of a real church. God watched to see what you would do. This building signifies much more than you realize. It signifies to the Lord a brand new altar that's built again in the place of the altar of Baal, that it's a proper altar, and that God will establish his kingdom. The truth shall be in this house, not religious, not legalism, not, not judgment, but truth, light and truth. There'll be no compromise, and the gospel will be preached Fully, not half measure, not entertaining, not trying to please people. You can never, ever have a church and keep everybody. Even God can't. He lost an entire third of his angels. So if you're going to try and keep everybody, you'll be better than God. So the truth is, people will come and go. It's very natural and normal, but this house will fill. And God's going to really use it and touch the younger generation because truth is in your heart. And you've not given up. And so now the Lord says, I must tell you that where you labored, a labor of love for so many years, now will come the benefits and the reaping. Even where you seemingly did not reap. I'm going to send you students from the university and college. Please know that this area, I don't know much about Houston, but there's a strong oppressive spirit over this region. I can feel it. Very heavy spirit. And God doesn't bring the light to the light brings light to darkness, and you are the salt, and you're making a difference just even just being here, even just gathering together. You can't gather over the internet. Internet's a helpful compensation, but the two or three gather in his midst physically. God gave us physical bodies for a reason. So we gather together when Brother Saul on the road to Damascus would meet with the Lord and the blinding light came and spoke to him. The brethren, the people around him, the soldiers around him heard a sound, not words, a sound, because the anointing was so strong it spilled physically over onto them. So the physical anointing will touch you even if you're not even paying attention, just by being in the atmosphere. Because where two or three gather in my midst, there am I in the midst. And that's fact. So I'm going to tell you the truth today. So Gideon was strong as a young boy because he was unadulterated, unpolluted. And Lena has 
and, uh, and your husband have maintained an unpolluted, sometimes a husband can get very focused and very com combative about things he believes in because that's his nature to go to war when something's wrong. But uh, they together form a combination of truth and light. Are they perfect? If they were, then they'd be gone. They'd be in heaven. Because I know nobody here is perfect. Don't get me prophesying. I'll show you. <clears throat> Starting with me. I'm very imperfect. That's truthful. I'm, I'm very aware of it. I don't try to be perfect. I just try to be saved and redeemed. Right? I'm grateful for the salvation of our Lord Jesus. But this house is moving on. If you have something negative to say about this church, take my advice and shut up. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. If you talk out anything negative, even to your husband or wife, don't talk negative. It's going to hurt you. If you're not happy, please feel free to leave. Same door that you in, lets you out. You don't just stay, but don't be criticizing, talking negative. Go somewhere else. We can we criticize somewhere else. But here, truth needs to prevail. And uh, don't you feel hurt, disappointed, or like a failure as people have left? You rejoice because you work for God, not for man. Jesus didn't entrust himself to men. And this morning I read, he didn't need or want the praise of man. That's what it says in John 5. He didn't need or want the praise of man. So we've got to shake that off. People's opinions, they are fickle and shallow. But God's opinion counts. Are you hearing me? And I will not lie to you. I'm too old to talk nonsense or care what you think about me. So I will tell you the truth. And I'm telling you the truth. The work of the Lord must continue. And you're going to get a lot of students. I don't know if there's a college or a university close by, but you're getting a lot of clusters of students coming. And many will stay and many will go, but they'll take what you have with them. It'll always be, a, always be an energy in this house because of it. Go with the flow. Don't get stuck in a pattern that you enjoy. Don't let that happen. Be ready for change because God doesn't stand still. The cloud moves. If he's not moving and changing, he's leaving where you are. You're not getting promoted. Promotion always brings change, sometimes less pleasant than other times. But nevertheless, it's healthy and godly. So our friend Gideon has a difficult journey because he couldn't go to his dad for help. He couldn't go to anybody. He was the youngest in his family. He's told to take a bull and sacrifice it. I mean, it runs the story very fast. And because they're not a poor family, as he tries to indicate, they have ten servants. They go and help him in the middle of the night because he's scared. He's afraid of what the town or his dad might do to him. So he does it in the middle of the night. He breaks down the altar of Baal, and that's if Paul builds a new one, and he sacrifices the bull on it at nighttime. Now, I don't care, or neither does God, how you get the things done for the Lord, as long as it gets done, are you hearing me? The way he, without compromise. The next morning, the town people come out and say, what in the world? Who did this? They find out it was Gideon. They, they want, they're knocking on the door. Bring that rat man out here. We want to kill him. And now his dad, who's compromised, says, are you all going to defend Baal? Does Baal need you to fight for him? Is, can he fight for himself? And they all mumbled. That was good reasoning. And sure enough, they called him some name with Baal because he was a opposer of Baal, and they left him alone. As time goes on, God tells Gideon to gather, and he gathers 32,000 people. Of course, the host of the Amalekites are 100,000, but he has 32,000, and he's thinking, well, we're getting an army. And the report, God uses everything for a reason. The report is filtering through to the, all, his, all the enemies of his. God says, you've got a little too many here. So we reduce them to 20,000. That's a whole lot less. 12,000 gone. So you actually have just still too many. And he has them drink out of the lake or river, whatever it is. And, and the way they, the method of scooping the water separates only 300 that are acceptable. 300 against 100,000 that nobody can complain. God's not looking for numbers, He's looking for acts. Numbers in the old, actors in the new. Got it, did you? Okay. So God's looking for someone who will just do what he says. If Jesus could use 12 people, one of which was a betrayer, to build a whole church, we've got more than enough here to do God's kingdom. That's what I'm saying. Are you hearing me? 
God doesn't take the good people, he takes the willing people. He equips those that are willing. He doesn't call the, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And God picked you. So I'm ready for a whole lot of new changes. And this epicenter is going to take on a whole new dimension in the spirit. And things are going to happen that no one can explain. It's part of the plan of God. There's no question. Gideon then still struggles. And he has a fleece. You know the whole fleece. God's not stressed by you asking God for confirmation. No problem with that. Your heart's pure. His heart was pure. Go in your strength, he says. Your strength is his purity. He's struggling. He's not strong. God's not stressed by that. And he has the fleece, and then it's dry, then it's wet, and so on. But still, what tickled me is how God strengthened him the most. Had him go disguised into the camp with the Malachites, to the camp, the Midianites, into the camp. And here's the one had a dream. He uses a dream of the enemy. He said, I had a dream last night of this barley loaf coming down from the bankment and just crushing our tent. Oh, you know what that means? That means. That's that army of Gideon's going to come and destroy us. And, and he hears how fearful and panicky they are. God's making his enemy already fearful. If he hadn't known that, he would have thought these enemies are too big. So many times we are intimidated by all kinds of trouble that comes our way. We don't know that God is already putting, using things in their lives already to fight our battles for us. So just be at peace that God is your strength and it gives him such, such motivation. Of course, they surrounded the whole valley with uh, one hand, a fuckle torch, another. They blew the shafars, 300 of them, and of course, caused confusion. And of course, they destroyed each other. We know the story, hopefully. But the, what I'm telling you, how it relates to you, is your journey is to sound the trumpet and to make a difference in this community because it's a very oppressed atmosphere and spiritual area. There's death and hopelessness in this area. And you have to be hope. You may not come in this house and bring hopelessness with you. You have to just leave it at the door. You've got to check it at the door. I was hearing this morning when the worship was on uh, about God assigns angels to help you worship him because worship and this music is a wonderful tool to get you to worship God. Worship is good for your spirit and very necessary for the things of the spirit to happen because God actually is looking for people that worship him in spirit and in truth. So but how good your music is, it is truly, we come here to be a worshiper. If you can't worship God in your shower or in your car, you won't worship God here. You'll sing, but you won't worship. And so I'm going to encourage you from now on, when you come to that door, be already prepared in your heart to worship. It's the right thing. Singing is not just singing some songs. It's actually telling God of how great he is and how wonderful. It's good for your spirit. You're communing with God. And it's healthy for you and for your relationship with the Lord. It is not just some cute thing to do to sing and just fulfill the program. It's a very necessary part of your spiritual life, as is prayer. Boy, you're excited in this house. You need to take a day. You guys are way too excited. So this church is moving on, and a young breed of young generation student mover and shakers, because college students... Are mover and shakers. They go to college, but they want to change something. They want, most of them are wanting to do something. And you've sown enough of those already into God's kingdom around the world. God's going to send you a whole lot more. You can't get back as much as you've given. You always get back a whole lot more. So if you sow bad things, that's the thing with bad seed. You know, I ride these bridges here. And we've noticed here in Houston, have got some high concrete bridges. And the funniest thing is there's weeds. They grow in that crack, and nobody sowed it there that high. And nobody watered it. And yet those things grow there. It seems like when you do bad things, when you're mean, unkind, rude, obnoxious, it, you don't have to water it. it it's going to grow. It kind of, that, that seed of yours grows very fast. It's the good seed you've got to really work on, and you've got to sow it gently and keep on watching it. So those bad seeds grow anywhere. So you've got to watch your mouth. Watch your bad seeds. Don't be doing that because you don't want to come back on you, right? So dad talking to his children today. Listen to me. All right. Let the games begin. <laughs> What's your name with the face? Yeah. Kirk, Kirk Douglas. No. <laughs> Kirk, Captain Kirk. And you are his lovely daughter. Yes? Wow. <laughs> so young. 
and beautiful. Did you, did you think he had money? Is that what happened? <laughs> you didn't think he had money? You were married him because you liked him? You what? Oh, that's what it was. You didn't know what you were doing. Okay. <laughs> Kirk, what do you, I'm just joking, Kirk. What, what do you do? Industry. You are the most unlikely kid to have succeeded according to the polls or the ideas of people in the class, but God has picked you. You've done some crazy things and not finished some stuff and had some real doozies and had some losses and some real stuff, but you keep getting up and going again. As God is my witness, wealth and huge success waits for you. Huge. Not because mom or dad say, but it doesn't matter what they think. God picked you. And you're not going to give up. And all that struggle has only made you stronger and stronger and stronger. What, what you've lost, you're going to get back a hundred and a thousand times more. God's going to really bless you financially. The only thing I'm going to teach you now is to go a little slower. You're a little impulsive. Especially decision making. You get so excited. You sell the deal to everybody in the family. They get so convinced. Can you not do that anymore? Can you at least sleep on it? At least. Because you are a genius. You just don't know it yet. You're a genius. And then the second thing I'm going to ask you is don't trust anyone. The Bible says love God, trust the Lord, love, your, love people. It doesn't say trust them. So don't expect them to be dependable. Expect God to be the one to watch out for you. Be careful. You tell, you've told too many secrets away and they went off and destroyed what you were trying to do. No more. Right? The third thing is I want to teach you is when God speaks to you, and you go quiet in your spirit, do it quickly what he says. Don't try and understand it. Because God's going to bless you. He's going to really bless you. I see you driving a very, very expensive sports car. And the reason why I'm seeing that is because God says you've always had it in your heart, always in your dream. I'm going to show you that this is waiting for you, that you have the hope, and then the faith, and then the expectancy that God will do this for you. Do you understand? God wants to bless you for his kingdom's sake. You've got a champion heart. Your heart is wonderful. There's no evil in you. You're generous and kind and, and just a loving man. You're a good man. And God wants to bless you for it. Do you understand? Your destiny is in this church. You're one of the greatest funders of the house, but you won't be visible. No one will know that you're wealthy except by your sports car because you'll just be very normal and average. As for, as for you, my sister, uh, so many times you've always loved him, uh, but there was always a choice for you. But he's such a salesperson. He convinced you. He convinced you. With his talk, but you've learned to know him as a sweetheart. He acts like he's tough, but he's really tender-hearted, and you love him for it. And so the two of you have become bonded, as as really as friends. And God will bless you. God will bless you, and will make your life in every way fruitful. No question. As a sign to you, my sister, that I'm speaking the word of the Lord to you, and that He's pleased with you. There is a physical discomfort that you are experiencing that you're not talking about and telling everybody it's been on and off, coming and going. When you leave that seat, every symptom will leave you. It will never come back. You will be healed and touched by the Almighty God as a sign to you that God is with you and is your strength. God's releasing some finance. You, you trust in God each day. You're wanting to get that breakthrough coming because you have so many dreams. You're a good decorator. You're a good everything, really. You've got such taste. And all of that's going to fall into place in the right time. You've had to hurt with friends because they've let you down. They've turned on you. You don't understand that because you're so loyal by nature. You don't get that. And God says, welcome to my club. I was betrayed by the ones I blessed. And, you know, God had his Judas. Uh, God had his Lucifer. Christ is Judas. You will not escape. You want to help me, Eric? You want to do some work for a change? <laughs> Eric's my... Son, and he's uh, old already, but he has, he's, his eldest child's 18, right? And uh, he comes out of Bible school to us 20 years ago, and he's getting to prophesy really well. He's traveled the world with me, but he, he can prophesy really well. He's short, but very accurate. You can pay attention to what he says. Okay, good. These are your lovely girls. You have how many? Just two? You didn't read the Bible that says fill the earth? <laughs> One in heaven? That's okay. Well, you want to go home now? Want to go home now and let's work on that? Filling the earth thing? No? Okay. So what's your name? Yeah. Riley? How old are you, Riley? Thir you weren't sure how you could think. Ah, uh, 13. Erica's 14. Wave it to Erica. Okay, good. Are you a nice girl, Riley? I'm glad. I think you are. 
you don't think you're that about yourself, though. You struggle to your own self-image, and uh, you've got, got a lot of your dad's nature, and there's no question, but you've hurt by, been hurt by friends who don't keep loyalty, you don't understand, you're very sensitive by nature. You've a lot of gifting inside of you. Just got to finish the things you start. Pick up your room. Please pick up your room. Please. You could find all kinds of dead creatures under all that stuff. It's not really who you are, but you've got a sweetheart. You really are the best friend to have ever. Honestly, you're a sweetheart. If they don't love and appreciate you, those friends, they're not your friends. They're not good people anyway. Because you are an absolute treasure. There's no question. Uh, there's medical in your life. You'll be doing something medical later years. So be aware of that because you're very smart and capable. And you care about people. Very tender-hearted. Animals love you. What's your name next to her? Anna. Ooh, Anna. Hannah. From Hannah Montana. Exp expensive taste. She will spend your money and keep hers. Just let you know up ahead of time. And she wants everything. She'll go always to the most expensive item on the rack. Always, always. It's inside of her. And she just thinks it's supposed to be that way. Um, she's very smart. A bit bossy. But she's very smart, and uh, this is her, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's got a heart of gold, too, and very smart. She's going to spare a lot of success in the business industry, have her own store, but she's not a sharer. I want to warn you, she's not a sharer. Uh, she, she loves the family, but she's got her own way, and she don't mess with her stuff. Leave her things alone. Eric, anything for that family? All right, sir, what I hear is you're a leader, not just a leader of, like, some people are followers, and some, but you're a leader in your industry. You're a leader in what you're designing, what you're in business doing. Um, your, fan, your family, I also feel that they're here to stay. Uh, for your daughters, the one in the pink shirt, uh, is it Riley? Riley, I felt that there was also a music gift inside you that God was going to, like arts and music, God was going to cultivate and bring out worship. That's it. All right. So let's see here. What's your name with the... Black shirt on. Why can't I? I'll just call you Joe. How about that? <laughs> when I hear that name, I want to start eating gulab jamun. So this is your lovely... Okay, what's your name? You, you didn't look like a Courtenay. Was that your birth name? Where's your mother? Let me talk to her ask her what's going on. So you guys are married legally? How? <laughs> And how many kids do you have? Okay, how long are you married? Nine years. Here's the thing, uh, Joe. <laughs> My brother, what are, you, are you a businessman? What are you, a geologist? You're very smart. You're very, very smart. But what I love about you is your heart. You have a heart big as a house. You just love people, kind. You're very unselfish. And you're very kind. I'm very grateful that you're so faithful to the house. You're so faithful to the things of God in this church. And you just, there's no betrayal in you. Such a pure hearted. The Bible says, and Jesus said it, the pure in heart shall see God. Blessed are the pure. All things are pure to them. And you just have a very pure heart. There's just no evil in you. What you don't know is they come from someone that, maybe you do know, that was very pure before the Lord and prayed. Through all the negative religion, they prayed and brought the God thing that you are now inherited in your DNA. And you cannot go anywhere else but serve God. You belong to the Lord and God is with you. You may be a geologist, but there is great business in your life and success. Opportunity, God will bless you in because it'll just keep coming your way. Funny deals come your way all the time. You can't even go to a restaurant without getting the best parking. It's always some favor that just shines on you because of your pure heart. Very pure heart, really sweet heart. You'll have whatever you ask God for. Just be careful what you ask for because he knows what's best for you. As for you, my sister, you play the, the, the keyboard, right? What do you do for a living? Musician for a living? Aha. Uh -huh. Well, thank you. Where's your mom? What's her name? Carolyn's getting a visitation from God to heal a broken heart, to heal things that have not been good inside of her for a long time. She didn't deserve what happened to her. She didn't deserve it, and, and God's reaching out to her. She's very disciplined. She's got a strong way about her, but she's keeping a lot to herself. And that's not who she really is. God wants to heal her heart. He has great plans for her. Her life is uh, taking on a whole new turn. God's going to open up new doors for her. You yourself have had an interesting journey in so many ways. Very difficult to please her or everybody, anybody else in your life. But you please the Lord. And that's most important that you understand. You were never like the other girls all your life. You always were different. 
and you couldn't find your own feet. You just thought you were kind of clumsy and falling on your own feet. But the truth is you're very special and dear to the heart of God, very dear, because you've got a kind and loving heart. You've got to put behind you what's behind you, and God wants to do some new things for you. Your real gift is to teach and to communicate, and you have a way of talk, talking to younger generation people, especially the ways of God. And you've touched the right kind of lives. There are those that don't like you, but there are many that don't like God. So don't take it personally. There are many that do love you, and there are many that just, just don't get you because you're so special and so different. So don't apologize where you are. You're, you are a blessing. It's that simple. You guys are going to move from the house you're in. There's another house you're relocating. That God's going to place you more apt, more carefully. And whether he wants to be in business or not, he's a geologist. I want to do with it. He's got business in him. He can't help it. It's going to keep on negotiating and doing stuff, always making business. He's got a sweetheart. And you guys have a wonderful, interesting journey up ahead of you. I saw you guys around a lake, a body of water. Sir, for you, uh, when we greeted each other before the service, I felt such warmth and love and acceptance from you. I felt that there is a, a father's love, a father's heart in you, and that many people will stay and feel welcome because of you guys. They will look to you guys as uh, spiritual fathers. They may not say that, but they'll continue to come and be drawn around you and feel healed and healthy by you guys. They'll look for you every Sunday. All right. Right back there, the blue shirt, and I think you're wearing glasses. I can't tell. Yeah, I'll be in glasses. The gentleman right at the very back sit next to his wife and two other ladies. George of the jungle, as strong as he could be. And next to you is your... Did you know that, ma'am? <laughs> so, Carla, you, you married to him how long? Are you kidding me? Were you 10 you got married? All right, wow. And has he been good to you? <laughs> that looks real. That looks real. If you'd said, yeah, I would have said, hmm, okay. How many kids do you have? That's wonderful. Two of them are here? Where's the third one? You have three girls? All right. All great men of God have three girls like me and you. And so on. what do you do, George? Accounting and a good job you do. The word of the Lord for you is to leave behind you what's behind you. You've kind of been burned by Christians and people that say one thing and do another, and you're kind of skeptical a little bit, and so you're not as trusting as you'd be, but you've got so much to offer. Besides being gifted in accounting, whatever else, organizational skills and understanding, you're very smart. There's a little preaching anointing on the inside of you, and God would like to use that for his glory. But he wants you to first let him bring a forgiveness through your heart and through your life and turn them loose that burned you especially one person that let you down. And uh, you, you can't have your hope in any man but in the Lord. God is smiling on you. There's no question. He's your health giver. There's a small surgery waiting for you that has to be like adjusted, something adjusted in your body. And as God's going to take care of that, it's not going to be an issue. Don't make it an issue. Don't make it a big thing. It's not a big thing. And you, he's your helper. You're facing some mega changes where you work. There's a lot of pressure there in different areas and some strange things going on. And God says, I'm shaking it up, loosening it up, and changing it up. So let me work on my, uh, my plan and you just stay calm and watch me move on your benefit. I've got you, I've got you covered. Be sure, George, that God really likes you. You've got the, the best heart. He's got a little, little cynical right now, but you're disappointed by people. But your heart is gold, and God wants to bring that joy back in your life, the gladness you have. No question. As for you, ma'am, um, he's very different to you, and you can get stubborn about some things and less communicative when he should be, but you are very much a dreamer. You dream the word of the Lord. Things come to you. You don't always understand it, and you've had to walk a lonely journey, journey in so many ways because you couldn't always share how you felt, and you had a betrayal of a, someone close to you. It was a friend. You couldn't understand the betrayal because you're so loyal. Betrayal is so hard on you. And so did, I, did you minister to this, this, the Indian couple, right? Okay, so the betrayal's been so hard on you, and I'm so sorry about that. The devil set you up, but you are so loyal. And you're also watching carefully the church, but you need to lock it in because you've got so much to give. And it's not the prophetic that's only gifted in you. It's the love and the kindness. You're such a good friend to have. Really, you're a good friend. And you're understanding, tremendous encourager, always encouraging. You're a real blessing. God's your healer, your lower abdomen. God is fixing some things, bringing everything back into line. It's going to be okay. It's God's promise to you. You've had a tremendous loss not long, from now, long ago, and God's your healer and your comforter. The two girls, what's your name? First girl. Sage? 
Faith. All right. Hope and love, I hope. Yes? What's the next one's name? We went from faith to Carmen, really? What's the other one's name? That makes sense. Call them one name and name them another. <laughs> Strange. It's all only America. So, Faith, how old are you? 19, you've got a strong will in mind, and you know what you want, and you'll ask for advice, but you still do what you want anyway. I'm not sure why you even listen to them, because you don't really listen, but it's, it's a good thing that you are. You're very smart. You have your dad's brains. Mom still has hers. <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? Yeah. So, Faith, but you've got a good heart. What are you doing for a living right now, Faith? Are you at school, college, what? Yeah, you're very smart. You must use that brain, and uh, nobody messes with you. If they mess with you once, they will be sorry, because you just, you'll let them have it. And uh, you're a natural leader, a little lazy sometimes. Yeah, clean up, you know, if you're going to mess in the kitchen, you may as well clean it up. Think of someone else, that's what I'm saying. But you're a good friend, a good heart, you have music inside of you. Pick your friends, Faith. You've got some friends that are less than favorable. Just pick your friends. Bad company will corrupt a good character. And you've got a good heart. You're a personality extraordinaire. And then you are, what's your name again? Carmen. Carmen, very dependable, very consistent, very predictable. Everything has to be a certain order. You can't even eat normal. You have to eat in an order. It has to be one thing before the other. And has to be, don't mix my food. It has to be this and that. It's very straightforward by nature. What do you want to do with your life? Computer science, you have a definitely a strong teacher on the inside of you. You're a great communicator, and everything has to be ordered. Kids are naturally drawn to you, although you're not excited about them yet. They're naturally drawn to you, whether you don't. Why do they keep coming to me? Because you have a gift from God. That's why. It's in you. And to tell you, to shock you more, there's a mission, missionary time in your life of some years where you'll be away from this country as a missionary teaching. It's all part of the plan, just that you know. So do your computer science all you want, but it won't be as satisfying as the plan God has for you as it lays out. How old are you now? 17. You know the Lord wants me to tell you that you will get married. You're only going to marry one. You only need to date a bunch. So don't feel like you ever get left out or something's wrong. You're waiting for the one, not for the ten, just for the one. His name is, um, I would tell you, but I charge more for those. <laughs> All right. All right. For the, for the gentleman, for the dad, on the end, sir, I feel that uh, God has got a great plan for you. I feel that you have a gift of understanding. I feel that there's, uh, God is with you. He's for you. He's found favor in your sight. Uh, you know that he is, he's on your side. Um, and I, what I saw was that a hand reaching down and pulling wood and pulling things, trying to find something almost like in a, in a wreckage, it could have been a house that was destroyed or a car, and pulling you out. It's like God rescued you and that you are going to help rescue other people. As I feel like as, as you get stronger and healthier, that your, your plan was to rescue people uh, and that you're a protector. You're just that, you're that guy that helps rescue people. Right, for your daughter, Faith, Faith, I feel that there's a, a call of God on your life. Um, and it's different than... Because what I also hear was that you're going to be a professional. You're a prof that there's a professional job waiting for you. I'm not sure how you see yourself right now or what plan that you have as a career or what you're doing, but there's a, a very career job for you. Um, and God loves you so much. He really is passionate about you, Faith. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Then the little lady back there with the arm that is tattooed and... Bleached here in the little front. What's your name? Alicia. Are you married? That, what's your name, sir? Dan Can. That one? And how long are you guys married? Five years. How long have you been in this church? Okay, now, Alicia, God sent you to this house to be a daughter in this house. Uh, you were supposed to have been dead. The devil had a set of date and you were in a self-destruct mode and God rescued you. He is so afraid. The devil is so afraid of you. Because your life, there is no middle road. There's no half measure. It's all or nothing with you. And the devil thought he could destroy you through rejection and all that stuff. But actually, 
You are going to be a life-changing ministry. And that's why you're in this house. That's why you're with Lena Jones. We're catching all her spirit. You're going to be like her and then on steroids. God gave you a good husband who's kind and stable and not dependable, but he'll never be threatened by your ministry. Never, ever. He'll help you. He'll stand by you, help you, support you, protect you. It's in, in his nature. And so you are a little genius. It's just your brain is... 100 miles an hour, you're better than a computer. Just smart, smart, smart. And God will prosper you just because. Just because. He'll bless you and everything you put your hands to because you're a real hard worker. And uh, you're unusual in many ways. You do strange things, there's no question. Even your, even your angel, when you get in the car, goes, oh, he's driving again. Because your brain's all over the place. You're always thinking 100 miles an hour, got all kinds of ideas. And, and you, don't, you don't communicate as well because you, you think everyone understands what you mean. You say a few words and no one knows, what is he talking about? But you have that temperament uh, to be so smart. You really are. You really are smart. You're very intelligent. And uh, God's hands upon you. When you were born, it's at your birth, the devil thought he could snatch you out and destroy you. And God had his angel then already for a long-term plan and program. Do you understand? Do you have children? Because there's definitely children in your house. Where they come from, how they come, I don't know. I don't care. You can get someone to run the soundboard and go home now. I don't care. But the, the truth is that God's going to assign children to your home, one way or another. Yeah. Not child, children. Thank you. All right. Anything? Okay. Next victim. What's your name with the stripy shirt uh, under armor? Yeah. Sonny. That's your name, Sonny? Your mother called you Sonny? Well, what's your last name? McLameron, Scottish. Aye, laddie. And this here is your lovely lass. What's your name, lassie? Cheryl. And this is your boy next to you? You have one child? I only see one. They what? They grown up? Wow. And he's the kind of the late arrival. Yes, indeed. What do you do, sir? Sonny, you own a fitness gym, really, because I, I went to a castle in England called Warwick Castle, and they took us out the castle, very interesting, but they got to the dungeons, and there was these metal cages and things against the wall, and it looked to me like a gym, I thought, that's it, I'm done with gym. <laughs> Torture chamber, he likes the gym, he's an idiot, don't tell him I said so, okay, good, so... He goes to the gym twice a day sometimes. He's ridiculous. Yeah. So um, you have three, three boys. God has broken every curse of your life, broken every negativity. You've had some really strange things to deal with. And it wasn't your doing. You, you're quick to feel the guilt or loss, but you must shake that stuff off because there was curses in your life that you didn't produce. It came from your bloodline and people doing stupid things in the family. And it's God has broken it off your life. Do you understand? God's going to replenish your land, restore to you what you've lost going to give it back to you. You're in a crisis right now. You need a breakthrough now. Because they will threaten you. He's trying to take everything away again. He won't succeed. I promise you he will not succeed. God's got your back. He's got your back. And you don't just have sleepless nights anymore because God's got your back. He's going to take care of you and he's going to bless you. I promise you. As for you, my sister, be of good cheer. Strengthen him. You feel the pain, but you don't know how to help him. Just keep quoting the word to him because that's what he needs to strengthen his faith. He needs faith in his heart because he's a good man. He's tried very hard, done everything right, done everything right, the best he knows how. And uh, it's been a strange season. This whole COVID's been a strange season, period. But God is with you. Who can be against you? God's with you. He said, go and fight. I'm with you. Am I not sending you? I'm with you. I put my blessing on you. I'll take care of it. The two boys, oh boy, all three of them are all very independent, and they'll do all kinds of crazy stuff, every one of them. All three Dennis's are the ministers. Not one of them is different in that way, but one is a little more quiet and likes money and likes to have things his way, but a little bit uh, withdrawn in some ways, but there's a businessman in the, in the making there. And then the other one is uh, outgoing and personality-wise and got travel bug in his little spirit, and it will come in the right time. This one has not only sport, but other ideas and very strong will, that one next to you, and he knows how to negotiate. He's always got a negotiation going, this little one. Some trying to convince you about something, a plan. And he's a deal, wheel and deal, wheel and deal. That's what he's going to do, wheel and deal. A good heart, and uh, he's always got a plan. His friends will always end up doing what he wants. 
He's a real wheeler dealer. Go. No, that's it. Make something up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What's your name with the red coat? Hi, Angie. I'm glad you came. What do you do, Angie? Okay, I'm so glad you came. Do you come to this church? Because you need to know you belong. You're wanted. You're wanted and belonged. You've had so much to deal with in your life from abandonment to rejection. And the devil did all he can to destroy you from inside and you've tried to survive. But you are so wanted here, and so loved. Not for anything you can do or give, but just for who you are. You've got to put behind you what's behind you. God has really put something inside of you. You've got a real longing for the Lord He's very real to you because of those that have prayed before you in your household. But the devil's not going to triumph over you. He's going to wipe, wipe God's going to wipe all your tears and bring joy back to you. This is the next year is going to be the best year of your life when it comes to every emotional level, everything that God's planned for you. He's got you covered. They thought that you were down and out when they thought they kicked you to the curb, but you got up and God blessed you and he's not done yet because you can do this. You can do this. What the devil meant for evil, God turned for your good. He's got good plans for you. Put behind you what's behind you, all the sorrows. God wants to fill your life with great love and joy. It's his purpose for you. He has not given up on you, not ever. He's smiling, making me nervous. Ma'am, for you in the red jacket, uh, I feel like the Lord says that there's people around you that are very close that he's reaching out to and he's saving without your help. It's, he's doing it. He's working in their hearts right now. And you're a vessel that he uses. You're very much salt and light around wherever you go. To the shops, to the stores, where you go, you're light. All right. Woo-hoo. Who's next to you? What's your name? Mary? Miriam. Are you with the fellow next to you? Friends. What, and what do you do, Miriam? A what? A missionary. I bet you're a good one. Where? Do you speak Hebrew? All right, so you can say Bogartov. Bogartov. Are you Israeli? Okay, I understand. They wouldn't understand that if what it would Yeah, good morning to you too. He understood me. Stay one Jew to another. You know why God made Jews, right? You know why you made Gentiles? Somebody had to pay retail. <laughs> yeah. And Jews have their own language. You never can get an answer out of them. So, Isi, how are you? You should ask how I am. <laughs> never get an answer. Okay, so you're, you go to Israel. It's wonderful. I go to Israel a lot myself, as you can probably tell. He's been a few times with me to Israel and... Uh, was Erica? Erica wasn't even, No, she wasn't, not yet. Okay, so I'm glad you do work for the Lord. I'm very glad about it. You're very intelligent by nature. You have a lot of talent that you haven't tapped into yet. You're trying to find your place, your belonging, your where you're supposed to be. And there's different places God has placed you both in the entertainment industry as well as Israel or mission-type work and things, doors that he's open for you. But he's got... You have much talent and ability you'd like to use in different arenas where you can make an influence and a difference and a change. So God's doing some new things in your life, and there's some healing in your own family, some restoration and rebuilding of walls that seem to be destroyed and irreparable. God can, God will, and he's busy doing it right now. What's your name next to her? Hi, Victor. What do you do? I love the way you contemplate and think things. You're never in a hurry. You never move too fast, impulsive. You just uh, take too long to answer sometimes for me because I want to answer a little quicker. But you've God's hands on you. There's no question. Your greatest ability is to, uh, to communicate and to gather information in a nice, well-balanced way. It's who you are. You always bring things back into perspective since a little boy. You always think things through until you find the right balance it's God's way. And I'm assuming that you are a born-again Jew. I'm assuming you gave your heart to, you gave, you accepted Christ as the Messiah. Yeah. Yes, so you're Messianic. Okay, because there's a, and I'm saying this because I believe there's a call of God on your life to minister the word, to teach in the most profound way that God has planned for you. There's no question. 
Many of your family will not understand that because they want you to get a real job. But that is a real job. It's a life-changing job that God has got for you. And it's got good plans. So leave behind you what's behind you, all the disappointments. Uh, you're very good at uh, evaluating situations and people. You're very good at seeing things together. Wisdom. It's the wisdom of God. God's given you a real gift of wisdom. Uh, there's a new vehicle, a new car on its way to you. Sir, I, I see you wearing a lab coat, like a white pharmaceutical doctor coat. I feel that God's going to teach you things of life and science and, and uh, very uh, structural ways that the, just as a scientist or a doctor would study, I feel that you're going to study and build your teachings that you're going to be teaching. Thank you so much. Shalom. Shalom Aleichem. All right, thank you. Thank you, Eric. Give me those books, please. I'm so grateful you let me come to your church. Um, it's been a real privilege for me to be and a blessing. Don't know why it took so long to invite me. My newest book is a, a book on teaching you how to interpret dreams. The first half will teach you all the patterns, looking for the patterns. Everyone dreams. Everyone dreams. And they get dreams from God. You don't have to be a Christian or, or a spiritual person to get dreams from God. Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh had dreams from God. The wise men. Joseph made decisions on four of his dreams that God had given him. Joseph, the father of Jesus, or the husband of Mary. And then the latter part is a dictionary trying to show you what those things you dream about, what they actually mean. I do have other audio teachings and such like, if you like the teachings. And our encounters come also in little sticks if you want to get some of that. It's a required reading and listening if you want to go to heaven. So I do invite you <laughs> strongly to acquire something. Thank you, and Eric will help you at the back. Thank you, Pastor, so much for letting me come. I'm so grateful. Thank you for the work you guys do for the Lord. Thank you so much.